happy another week closer to Christmas, everyone. Welcome back to Chasing Childhood, a weekly podcast where we review our childhood favorite movies and video games to see if they still hold up as adults. As an adult, being an adult is bull. Dude, for real. I called my mom today just to yell at her. (laughs) You're like, you didn't tell me about this. You didn't (laughs) warn me how it's going to (laughs) be. You just let me grow up wanting to grow up and like wishing that I was older. Uh, everybody said you don't want to grow up too fast and I was like yeah but there's so much fun stuff you can do as an adult like yeah on one hand I could have chocolate for dinner you know like I could do that but I also have to pay taxes and no one told me about that part false (laughs) advertising okay so rude also nobody tells you about the repercussions of eating chocolate for dinner you get heartburn I'm just kidding Oh, I don't even get heartburn. I just like (laughs) feel terrible. Like I just like lay in bed and I'm like, it was so good in the moment. And now everything is awful. This is terrible. Adult tummy aches are no joke. This is the worst. Um, like literally my level of annoyed this week. And I told Steph this before we started recording. I was like, my level of annoyed this week has been teen angst level. Like, I completely have reverted back to either my like Napoleon Dynamite, gosh, idiot, like phase, (laughs) or like my Linkin Park, I'm about to break vibes. Like there's no in between. It's insane over here. Yeah. We're not well. (laughs) Mentally, we're happy we're doing this movie this week because we need a break from the angst. Yes. Yes, we certainly do. Are you ready? I'm ready to get into it. Okay. So usually on our channel, we watch nostalgic movies, but this week we're going rogue and watching a movie from our adulthood called The Christmas Chronicles. Yes. We wish we were young enough for 2018 to be part of our childhood, guys, but here we are. (laughs) I feel so old when I meet people whose childhood was part of 2018. Yeah. Like like Maya. Yeah, like Maya. (laughs) Meeting anyone who was born in the 2000s is like so jarring to me or anybody who was born after 9-11 like I feel ancient compared to them I feel victimized by them I'm like (laughs) you have seen nothing Jon Snow like you haven't seen anything yet you were not there weaving and bobbing for the DC sniper you weren't (laughs) you have not seen anything you don't know the trauma I've been through (laughs) enjoy your TikToks So funny. So rude. But yeah, um, clearly we're doing great. We're doing great. (laughs) This whole first intro is like just us complaining about getting old. You know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're chasing your childhood, I guarantee that you can probably relate to our lamenting about aging at this point. Listen, I'm like, I've been chasing my childhood and it's running very fast, okay? <laughs> My childhood is Usain Bolt. <laughs> Your childhood got those Crocs in sport mode. <laughs> <sighs> it's not fair. It's not fair. All right. But before we get into this, we want to <laughs> shout out a few of our pod friends. So shout out to Shalina for three years hosting Everything 90s. Girl, you're killing it. And we can't wait to see all the fun you have planned for the future. Yes. Congratulations. Congrats. And a happy... Happy five-year anniversary to our friends Christina and Lauren over at Pickles and Vodka Podcast as well. Um, You both are awesome. We love your episodes. And Pico has my entire heart. Yay. Yeah. Congrats, guys. Those are amazing milestones to reach. Super proud of you. Yes. Amazing. 
And Pico is a national treasure. (laughs) (laughs) A living legend. Um. (laughs) We wish you guys nothing but success in the future. All of you deserve it. You're all wonderful humans. And it was so great to make pod friends over the years with you guys. We're so appreciative of having you in our circle. Yes, 100%. All right. Now back to us. <laughs> I'm so excited to get into this movie. In our mental breakdown. Yeah. Let's go. You're all witnessing a menti B in real life. <laughs> I'm going to have a BF. Um, I'm dead. All right. Yes. So the Christmas Chronicles is a 2018 American Christmas comedy film directed by Clay Cadis. I love that name. Wonderful. He directed the Angry Birds movie. Oh, and that. this was. <laughs> Were you, are you thinking of the, oh, I'm thinking of free birds. We I'm thinking of free birds. How dare you? <laughs> I've never actually seen the Angry Birds movie. <laughs> I'm talking Angry Birds. I'm talking like twenty was it 2016 like biggest video game of all time. I really like, wish they hadn't done that. <laughs> like a slingshot. <laughs> but yes, anytime I hear birds, I'm like, huh. <laughs> like <laughs> You just immediately revert back to free birds. Yeah, like you're afraid of like bird birds, but I'm like, everything yeah. takes me back to free birds. Steph's like, I'm traumatized for, by that movie. I literally have PTSD. Truly. All right. I'm sorry. I'm getting us off topic. I said birds and you got triggered. I really did. <laughs> All right. So Christmas Chronicles was also written by Matt Lieberman, who did Scoob and the Adams Family from a story by Lieberman and David Guggenheim. I Ooh. love that last name. <laughs> I love that so much. Guggenheim, Guggenheim is a great name. So Amazing. The film stars Hollywood icon Kurt Russell from Miracle and Guardians of the Galaxy 2 and like literally so many movies that icon. I could spend hours reading his IMDb. Personal favorite is Overboard, which I watched as a child and loved. Um, this movie also has Judah Lewis from The Babysitter, Darby Camp from Big Little Lies, Lamorne Morris from New Girl, Kimberly Williams Paisley from Nashville, also married to Brad Paisley, and Oliver Ooh. Hudson, also from Nashville and also Rules of Engagement. It's the first installment in the Christmas Chronicles film series. I have to apologize for how close I got to the mic when I said Kurt Russell was an icon. <laughs> she got real I was excited. Like, breathing so hard. <laughs> so close to the mic. I was like, icon. Some crushes never die. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, unintentional ASMR moment. So, yes. The film was produced by 1492 Pictures and Wonder Worldwide and was released on November 22nd, 2018 on Netflix. A sequel titled The Christmas Chronicles 2 was released on November 25th, 2020, with much of the original cast returning. You know, I have not seen the sequel to this. I saw it. Did you like it? (laughs) No. Well, you know, Um, it wasn't horrible. It just it was much different from this movie. Sequels are so hard. They're hit and miss. Some of them are really good. And some of them it's like, all right, this is a cash cow. Y'all were just trying to trying to make the magic from the first one happen again. Don't do that. Yeah, I read somewhere online, too, that the second movie, I think, had a bigger set than one of the Harry Potter movies. And I was like, that just goes to show how amazing the first movie was with like what they had yeah. if that makes sense like they went a little bit too far into like the fantasy part of it for the second movie in my opinion yeah netflix be doing the most and they need to stop yeah 
All right, so this movie received mixed to positive reviews from critics, but Netflix reported the film was streamed by 20 million households over its first week of release. Which, like, why are you spying on us, homie? Yeah, right? <laughs> Even with a huge audience, the movie did not receive any notable awards, but was nominated for a Golden Reel Award at the 2019 Motion Picture Sound Editors Awards, and for Best Costume Design at the CFTCAD Awards that same year. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I'm not going to try to pronounce <laughs> that acronym. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm not going to pronounce that acronym. I'm just going to read it. <laughs> you did great. Thank you. All right. So if you haven't seen this film since five years ago, so <laughs> long, you've had enough time. You have. You have. You've had plenty what else of time. To tell you. What is you doing, baby? Um, or if you have never seen this film in all these five years that it's been out, here's a plot summary taken from an anonymous author on Google. Siblings Kate and Teddy Pierce hatch a scheme to capture Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. When the plan goes awry, the kids join forces with a somewhat jolly Saint Nick and his loyal elves. <laughs> Fuck. Ow. Are you okay? I think my brain came out. <coughs> oh. Put it back in. I almost shat myself. <laughs> <laughs> Let me take a sip of water. Yeah, do your thing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just self-destructed. <laughs> You're just like fully imploded. <laughs> Better start 2024 dead. <laughs> it's the only way to go. <laughs> All right. All right. Siblings Kate and Teddy Pierce hatch a scheme to capture Santa Claus on Christmas Eve. When the plan goes awry, the kids join forces with a somewhat jolly St. Nick and his loyal elves to save the holiday before it's too late. All right. I like it. Cute. Short and sweet. Short, sweet, to the point. We love it. All right. Let's get into our fun facts. Let's do it. All right. So the first fun fact that we have is that the elvish language created and spoken in this film was invented by Conlanger. Is that how you say it? Con Conlanger? Conlanger? I don't know. David J. Peterson. <laughs> Sorry, David. David has created several languages for TV shows, stage musicals, films, books, and video games. Some of his t TV and film work includes Thor the Dark World, Bright, Riot and the Last Dragon, Dune, The Witcher, Game of Thrones, The 100, Elemental, and so much more. Oh, okay. I see you, Dune, Witcher, Game Pop of off. Thrones, The 100. All right. Okay. Pop off and it's like literally an actual language that you can learn apparently yeah i mean i just think of the tv show the hundred like the grounders what's the these characters in the show they speak a whole language and it's like yeah very much like there i remember that language has like kind of stuck with me the sort of the same way that like game of thrones you know like the different languages they speak kind of stick with you right. that you just remember them so look at him yeah. an icon i think he created like the dothraki language in game of thrones so cool what an icon so so cool all right well i only have one fun fact from this film Ooh. and it's actually a personal fun fact Ooh. so and yeah i'm the honestly the anticipation is killing me because <laughs> steph wrote steph fun fact in our outline <laughs> and i can't wait so um when i was living in los angeles towards the end of 2017 i was are you in, in this movie no but oh. I was part of the audition process for this movie. <gasps> Ooh. I had I was in an acting class and one of the girls in the acting class, I think she was like our youngest member. She was probably 14 at the time. 
and she was auditioning for the role of Kate. So she was what? auditioning for the little girl in this movie. And of course, she's 14. So I think at the yeah. time they hadn't really established how old the kids were going to be at that point. But mm-hmm. so she's, you know, a li- obviously older than the girl who did get cast. Um, so that's yeah. probably why she didn't. But yeah, I am in her audition tape for it. And I helped wow. her practice. And yeah, we we did a whole thing. And I remember like helping her with it at the end of 2017. And then I think very early 2018, they started filming, which shows you how quickly the turnaround for this movie was. They started filming at the beginning of 2018 and released by the end of 2018. So, wow. But yeah, so I was part of the audition process and I remember, I just remember helping her with it. And she was like, yeah, it's a Netflix movie. It's like a Christmas movie. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. And we, you know, did the whole process and she sent the tape off. And I think, you know, she was like, yeah, they said, I'm just like not quite right for the role or like I'm a little too old or too tall or something like that because she was a very tall girl yeah and so you know she ended up not getting it totally fine she's doing amazing now she's like super successful oh good but um it was so funny because the movie came out later that year and I didn't know that's what the the movie was because they don't always tell you when you're auditioning they don't tell you the the name of it they give it like a fake name so that Mm -hmm. way they can kind of keep privacy and so I was watching the movie at the end of 2018. Yeah. And the scene that we had done for her audition tape was the letter to Santa, the video message at the beginning. Oh. And so while I'm watching it, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I've heard this monologue like 75 times. <laughs> Hold up. Yeah. And it was just very funny. It was like, oh, this was the the movie that she was auditioning for because, like I said, it didn't have the title of it. So I did not put two and two together until I was watching it. So it was very cool. Wait, that's so cool. Yeah. It was a very surreal moment. I think I was watching it yeah. with Tyler and I was like, that's the audition that I did a year ago with somebody. Like, <laughs> I helped them with that's- it. <laughs> That's amazing. And he's like, you didn't do a good enough job. Yeah, he literally. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He was like, why didn't she get the role? Could you imagine if they were like, we don't want her. We want her. (laughs) Talking about you. I think if like when you're in the acting spheres for long enough in L.A., you just become like a semi-professional off-camera reader for people. (laughs) Like you just get really, really familiar with it. Right. And now I'm mad at you because that was so worth the suspense. And now I have to share another fun fact. And how dare you? You're so welcome. How dare you put me on the spot like this? Uh, okay, so I'm almost ashamed to share this. You like, should it's not share even it. as cool as yours you at all. You should do it. Whatever. So stop yelling at me. So <laughs> while speaking with Jimmy Fallon in 2018, Kurt Russell talked about a funny experience he had while taking his young grandson to see Santa at a mall in Car- in Colorado. When they arrived at the mall, Santa had apparently finished for the day and his grandson was so disappointed. Um, to cheer him up, Russell found the woman in charge of the whole Santa Claus area and asked if there was a costume he could borrow and ended up being a mall Santa for about an hour and a half. Okay, I am so here for Kurt Russell in his grandpa era. Like, I am yes. so here for him to just be a jolly old man. Like, I love that. I'm sorry. Like, there's DILFs and then there's GILFs. And... <laughs> It had to be oh said. My God. Kurt, it's <laughs> true. <is> a certified <laughs> gilf. And I wish I had been at that mall in Colorado. Yeah, same. Just saying. Oh, I love Kurt Russell so much. Me too. He's an angel. Truly. 
And honestly, like finding fun facts for this was kind of hard because IMDb, we usually pull our fun facts from that. Right. Um, they didn't have much about this film other than the fact that like his whole family's in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> but um, one thing, the the girl that plays Kate in this, Darby. Yeah. Um, she mentioned that literally him and Goldie Hawn are the cutest. She was like, they've been together for 40 years and you can tell literally anytime they look at each other. They're so in love with each other. Oh, my God. And it was so cute. Yeah. No. I mean, they got together. Again, Overboard is one of my favorite movies that I watched as a kid. And yeah. it's not for children, but I watched it. <laughs> but, like, they, like, fell in love on that set and just, like, oh, they're just so cute and so perfect together. And yes. they're, like, one of the rare Hollywood romances that have, like, stood the test of time. And I just am yep. obsessed with that. And, like, I'm sorry if anything ever happens to them. I'm literally knocking on wood right now no. because I don't want anything to ever happen to them. Nothing will. They're so cute. They cannot. Absolutely nothing is going to happen to them. They're yes. obsessed with each other. And they should be. They're so cute. Yes. And, like, reading about how much they love Christmas, it was just so precious. Oh, love it. So, what did you think of this film when it first came out so long ago? I was really surprised by how much I liked it when it first came out. I think Same. I have become kind of jaded towards m movies that came out after the mid 2000s just yeah. because I feel like after 2005, 2006, a lot of movies just aren't good and they try to do Christmas stuff and they're either too cheesy or just too like weird. And yeah, like I remember we've watched, what is it? Rise of the Guardians. And yeah. we really, really like that. I remember, but it's not like quite a Christmas movie that's like yeah. more fantasy and just like some Christmas characters so yeah I guess I was expecting it to be just kind of weird or cheesy or just like oh my god roll my eyes it's a Netflix movie but I remember yeah. being really surprised by how much I actually enjoyed it and how much mm -hmm. of a good time I had watching it yeah and I like right off the bat the main thing that I love about this movie is that it's not too dumbed down for kids like everyone can enjoy this movie totally I think honestly that director uh Chris Columbus he actually directed the second film and I was like Chris Columbus did the second movie <laughs> but he said he was like we're making a movie that we all love and believe in and it's going to be appropriate for children so I love that they didn't focus on making it primarily like a kids movie I think that was a very smart move very smart move very very smart and I also feel like casting Kurt Russell as Santa was just enough star power in this movie to make people want to see it and also he's just like we've talked about this with uh what's the one we just watched um with How could you forget? Twas the night. And <laughs> Twas the How night. Rude. You know, I did forget because Brian Cranston was the only thing, <laughs> him and the main boy were like the only things I loved about it. But the Santa in that one was just so bleh. And I felt like, you know, yeah. we talked about it. I felt like it kind of ruined the movie for me. And with this, I feel like casting Kurt Russell was so smart because I feel like there is a certain level of charisma and just natural talent that yeah. I'm going to sound so curmudgeon right now but I feel like a lot of older Hollywood actors have that a lot of new young talent don't have and yeah it's just like this level of charisma and ability to be just believable and just like capture a screen presence and I don't think there's I think it's it's kind of a, a waning art I think that there are definitely 
some bigger name young people who are coming up who are, you know, very talented at that. But I feel like in the world of like Netflix movies where absolutely anybody can be in a Netflix movie, yeah. it's like it's hard to find people who can kind of capture that. So I think casting yeah. him, you know, with all of his star power and everything as Santa Claus was such a good gamble that they made. And I think yeah. that the kids they cast alongside him were able to kind of keep up with that. And he was also really capable of bringing it out of them as well and making them look good, which I think is also important. A hundred percent. And like you said, in the world of Netflix and um, like over, what is it called? Um, not like overexposure, but like over. The oversaturated. Yes. The oversaturated market. Like literally yes. every two seconds, something new is coming out. Yep. So like, I feel like one thing that this movie did really well is the writing. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have a million Nepo babies in it, even yes. though it's, like, all of Kurt Russell's family. Um, <laughs> but, like, it's not the main, it's not, like, who's in this movie? Who's the star power, like you said? It's, like, just enough. And that you can tell the writing is really well thought out. Like, I mean, I feel like this probably came out with a bunch of other stuff. Um, but it was so well done. And I had so much fun watching this. And Kurt Russell as Santa, like top two Santas and it's not number two like he was yeah probably one of my favorite movie Santas ever yeah he's just so jolly and he like I said his charisma is believable and he feels nice even when he's disappointed in the kids and even yeah. when he's upset with things he feels like a jolly Santa and he's funny and I don't know I just really enjoyed it I thought that without his I guess personality that he brought to the role I could totally see how this would have fallen flat as a Netflix movie and been very forgettable yeah I just think that like you said before like he just fully committed and I love how involved he got to like Goldie Hawn in an interview apparently said that he actually helped design his own costume yes for the Santa Claus films or for these films and I was like he literally like, this is my favorite Santa Claus costume. Like, it looks yeah. so good. One of my favorites. It's, like, not overly, like, Coca-Cola, you know? Like, it's not the yes. the ridiculous, like, kind of, I guess, commercialized traditional one that we think of. It is, like, very ancient traditional. Like, it's the yeah. long flowing, you know, robe jacket. And, yeah, it just, it looks and, like, so good. And, like, faux leather. Yeah, the He's faux leather. He's got, like, leather. a faux leather jacket. His hat is yes. longer than it usually is. Oh, it's like, so good. He's got brown fur instead of white fur. Like, I absolutely love it. I love that he, pardon my language, but shat on the, <laughs> the stereotypical Santa that he saw in advertisements yes. everywhere. Like, just, and this is what I mean about the writing, too. Like, I love that he spoke every language. Yes. I love that he, like, subtly touches his nose and you know he did something. Right. Like, I didn't realize it, like, rewatching it this time around how much he like touches his nose or like helps out right um the part adding the part where he like makes to a toy out of the trash in the car <laughs> was brilliant it's so cute like, and he's like i'm the world's greatest toy maker and i was like that's so true you are yes <laughs> like he doesn't say ho 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 but the one time he does it's epic yeah like, it's just it was so well thought out and like even the part with the portal that was cool like the whole like wormhole portal that opens up yeah so cool but I did think it was funny though in that part how like in the beginning they were in Massachusetts 
but they passed like Sydney, Paris, Egypt, and yeah. then ended up in Chicago. <laughs> and I was like, all right. Of all the places. Let's just ignore that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just thought he did so well. And honestly, I felt myself getting like emotional during this rewatch. I was like, I feel like the first time I watched this, I was so involved in the story and stuff, like trying to figure out what was going on and um, just trying to keep up with the the new characters being introduced to me. But like this time around, like when they were watching the old videos at the beginning, like when they saw their dad, I was like, is it just me? Like, am I just hormonal no. this week? Because no, like, same. I was like, am I hormonal this week because of ladies stuff and being an Eagles fan? Like, <laughs> or No, it's true. I was the same way. I was getting really emotional at all the beginning stuff. Like, especially when the mom comes home and they're fighting and she's like super emotional about the fact that like they're not getting along and like everything kind of feels like it's falling apart a little bit. Yeah. And then like when the little girl decorates the cookie and like forgets that her dad isn't with them anymore because she's like, well, dad likes sprinkles. And I'm like, oh, oh, they're all hitting me right in the feels. I'm getting emotional. And like even the part where, yeah, Teddy at the beginning was like a wreck, but like people forget that that's part of grieving, too. Yeah, like, totally. When she asked him to decorate the tree um, and he just like picks up the lights and then puts them back in the box. I'm yeah. Like, yeah, that's about right. Um, yeah, totally. I did think it was funny how like they both ate like a tub of ice cream and then fell asleep <laughs> when they were supposed Same. to be on a stakeout for Santa. Because like, I don't know about you, but on Christmas Eve, I could never sleep. I feel like I couldn't sleep for a lot of it. I also tried to like exhaust myself. <laughs> Run laps. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like trying to exhaust myself so I could sleep because, Herpes. you know, like my parents would be like, like Santa's not going to come if you're not asleep. And so I'd always yeah. be like, I got to figure out a way to go to bed <laughs> so that way he'll get here. But my brother and I definitely tried to stay up and listen for Santa a number of times because we yeah. were like, we have to have a sleepover when Santa's here so we could try to like listen together. Yeah. And yeah, we like were never able to like stay awake long enough. And I know we tried. We tried so many times, but yeah, we just couldn't. And then it was also like, do we stay awake to try to catch him? Or is it like a self-fulfilling prophecy? Like the more we stay awake, the more he won't come. Yes. <laughs> so we eventually gave up on it. And then like later as we got older and like we'd meet up in the hallway, like from his room and my room and we'd like meet up and be like, OK, go to bed. <laughs> like we got to we got to like make a pact. You're going to sleep. So Santa will actually come. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I feel like I was that episode of SpongeBob where Patrick or where Squidward is like dead asleep and then his eyes just shoot open and you hear like the <laughs> crashing sounds. Like that's how I was. I would be trying to sleep for like five minutes and then just crash. My eyes are wide open. Yeah. Yeah. But this movie, I love the Blair Witch Project esque like shaky cam at the beginning. I love how it's almost from like the camcorder point of view yeah that was fun my I think one of my only complaints about this movie is that I wish they had lost the camcorder (laughs) earlier in the movie like I wish that the the camcorder had eventually stopped being such a part of it it just kind of got annoying at some points and I was like okay all right like I liked Kate as a character but I felt like her constantly having the video camera and trying to record things I was like okay, can we get rid of this yeah. and like focus on everything else that's happening in the movie? Because every time she holds up that camcorder, I want to smack it out of her hand. <laughs> <laughs> Steph's like, back in the early in the early 2000s, we lived in the moment. <laughs> 
Yeah, we did not have we didn't film these, everything. We didn't try to film everything. We did not have this. So, yeah, I was like, I listen, I get it. I totally get it cuz you know, you and me and your sisters and my brother, we love to make our home videos. We love to make <laughs> our little VHSs, but at some point I'm like, okay, enough. Yeah. <laughs> Relax. Yeah. I do the I like one thing I do love though is how at the end when Santa was like, You thought I was just gonna let you keep the recording? Like I right. love how he was like um talking to Mrs. Claus and she was like, Let's watch a Christmas movie. And he was like, I have an idea. <laughs> let's watch what I did last night could you imagine them turning it on and like him being like you're watching jackass like <laughs> I, well, I was gonna say I was like he puts it in and she's like what is this an episode of cops like yeah. what's going on <laughs> he's like I'm Johnny Knoxville <laughs> um but yeah I I also thought it was funny how like his sleigh and everything like one surprise she literally said hey santa and everything went nuts like <laughs> mans was not ready <laughs> he, he really said skirt in like the whole sleigh like the reindeer got lost his toy yeah. bag got lost mans lost his hat the freaking child fell out of the sleigh. he was having a time it was wild everything went to crap and then obviously everything works out at the end but um the one part that I really liked was the police officers, how like he showed that he was Santa to the one police officer who like was never trusting him. Right. Um, I thought that was really cute. And then uh, the music part had me cracking up too. Cause Kate was like, I think Katie at one point was like, he's probably freaking out. He's in jail and he's just jamming. <laughs> you know, nothing phases Santa. He's doing fine. Mm hmm. One thing, though, I love that the elves were not human. Me too. And I think that's one of the things that makes this movie stand out so much mm -hmm. is because they didn't try to go too hard into the like, we're little elves, blah, blah, blah. It was like, oh, that's hilarious. They're yeah. just weirdo little creatures. And that's so <laughs> funny. Yeah. I loved them. And I, I'm honestly kind of bummed that we haven't seen more like toys and like stuffed animals come from them. Yeah, no. They're super Ugh. cute. They're so cute. They definitely look a little bit like Furbies, but I just... But like if they weren't from hell. <laughs> if they weren't from hell. <laughs> if they weren't yes. Satan's spawn. They're just so cute. And I don't know. I, I was very happy that they didn't take the normal like, oh, we just cast these random people to be like little elves or whatever. I was like, I enjoy the fun aspect of this. Like, yeah. I the listen the CGI in this is fine. It's not like amazing. Yeah. It's very clearly CGI. Again, they put this out within like eight months of filming it. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I I was very impressed with it, and I thought it was a really cute concept. And I'm glad that they did it that way. Yeah. Another thing that I have to say about this movie, I feel like one of the issues that I have with this movie is like there's not a lot that I don't like about this movie. So it's kind of hard to like say what I have, right. what I don't like about it. Um, and it's such a small scene, but it's the part where um, Katie speaks Elvish. I thought that that was really cute that all of a sudden she like didn't even realize she was speaking it. And then her and like one of the elves um, turn and face the camera and they both just have like the most <laughs> shocked face on. So cute. So funny. Right. But then she turns and she's like, Santa, I just spoke Elvish. And I'm like, I feel like 
we didn't really need that part, but okay. Yeah, there were some of her lines and some of the things that she did that I was like, the writing is playing it up just a little much, yeah. just a little bit. Yeah. Or like, I think of like when she, when they came into that bar and he was trying to find a ride because they were like, hey, like we need to save Christmas and we need to like, you know, get to the reindeer and find them and yeah. can somebody give us a ride into the city and he's like hello everybody i'm and she's like santa the real santa yeah. i was like okay sis like calm down <laughs> like <laughs> a little bit more discreet <laughs> yeah they have kurt russell santa be like i've got this mm-hmm. but i was like okay like it's just stuff like that where i'm like okay we don't need to like play it up that much like i think we yeah. can chill like a little bit or like the katie cat and teddy bear thing i was like yeah I was like, you don't have to not be close to your sibling to hate that nickname because I right, hate it right. already. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're not even related. But yeah, the other thing that I had a question about was like at the North Pole, like Katie obviously ends up being sucked into the bag and going to the North Pole. Right. And there's a bunch of presents on like a conveyor belt and they just continue to be like pumped into the bag, which I thought was really cool. So they all come through like a portal kind of thing. But I was like, if they're continuing to be pumped into the bag, wouldn't the bag grow bigger and bigger as the movie goes on since they're not actively delivering them? You would think or maybe like they have a system where they're like, okay, like it's this much full. So we're not going to put any more in until it empties a certain amount. I'm sure after centuries and centuries, they have some kind of system in place. There was kind of like a limbo land between like the bag and the conveyor belt. But I was like, are they just all stuck in limbo land? Yeah, I guess they just kind of float until Santa needs them. I guess. But I did like that. Like, how the bag was magic and was like a portal to the North Pole. I thought that was a yeah. really cute touch. A very cool idea. And overall, I really like the set design for the North Pole. Like, yeah, especially when he's at the end talking to Mrs. Claus in front of the fire. Like, it looks so cozy and so lived in and it's so well designed. I just loved it. I totally agree. And it's different than a lot of the sets that we've talked about before where houses don't feel lived in or like sets just feel kind of cold and lifeless. And yeah. like they took the least amount of money they could to design the set just just to have a set. Yeah. And this movie, I feel like both the kids house and Santa's, you know, workshop in the North Pole, they all felt very lived in and very real. And it didn't feel so scrubbed of personality. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I only have two more notes about this movie. And the first one was that like the ornament at the end was so cute. So cute. Um, again, waterworks. Like I feel like <laughs> the guy from Dodgeball when he's like, No one makes me bleed my own blood, but like tears. Um yeah. also, last but not least, I need to know whatever hairspray the mom and Katie use because their hair has been perfect this entire movie. The mom had like a 12 hour shift at the hospital and Katie was soaring through the air at one point. Like, what are you guys using? Katie girl, drop the curls routine. Yeah. Like what, what is going on? She like (laughs) rode a reindeer girl got like sucked into the North pole. And I'm like, yeah, how is her hair still perfect? She's like, you will never believe the hairspray that I use. (laughs) (laughs) Like, level a thousand. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't have much else to say about this movie. I thought that it was so good. And honestly, if someone hadn't seen this before, I'd be like, you need to watch it. Yeah, totally agree. All right. You ready to get into our critic ratings? Yes. 
So for critic ratings, The Christmas Chronicles received a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, an average 68% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, a 76% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and 3 out of 5 stars on Common Sense Media. Sweet. All right. Well, for our ratings, we can rate The Christmas Chronicles on a scale from A plus to F minus. A plus meaning this should definitely be considered a modern classic. This was the perfect addition to our holiday watch list this year, and this made me want to stay up this year and try and catch Santa. F minus meaning I hated every second of this rewatch. I would rather get put on the naughty list than watch this again. And Netflix should be ashamed of themselves for ever releasing this horrible, horrible movie. <laughs> Based on this rating scale, Lex, what would you rate The Christmas Chronicles? Um, I really liked this movie. I think I'm probably going to give this an A. Mainly for rewatchability is like the only thing holding it back from an A+. Plus. Um, just because it feels really long sometimes when you watch it and I feel yeah. like this is a movie that I can watch like once or twice a year but I can't just watch it like multiple multiple times it's yeah. like definitely not in my top five um, but it's a good movie and I think it's pretty solid for being like a Netflix movie that was made in such a short period of time totally what about you yeah I think I'm gonna give this an a minus I think definitely worth the rewatch definitely worth putting in the rotation every year and it is a movie that I think about every year that I'm like oh gotta watch the Christmas Chronicles yeah so it is definitely something I turn to I'm gonna give it an A minus just because like I said I feel like some of the writing for the kids is a little much and I feel like if anything that's where like there are some weak points and I could totally see that somebody might like be annoyed with them in particular that's true I think they all did a really good job, though. And I think that, uh, like I said, Kurt Russell was phenomenal. I think that this movie pulls at your heartstrings. I think it's fun. It's an adventure. It's just really clever and creative. And I definitely think that it is worth rewatching every year. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's funny when you were saying that about the writing too, it just reminded me of the fact that they were like, let's have Teddy steal a car and not have like any, <laughs> any repercussions, repercussions for it. <laughs> like none whatsoever. He just gets put on the naughty list for yes. like a day. Yes. Um, yeah. It was, it was a fun time. So definitely go watch it if you guys haven't seen it already. And thank you for joining us. Thanks guys. We're so happy that you were here and Excited to continue all of our Christmas rewatch through the rest of the year. Look at us. Look at us. Who Who'd knew? Thought? Who would have <laughs> thought me. we'd make it? <laughs> not, not me. Not with the way we started this. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.